and action. Episode 201 PMP Weekly uh, it is 13th of March 2023, unless I'm completely mistaken. Is it? It is. Yes. It is. Wasn't it sleeping is. too long. Cool. That is already a good start. So we know what a day it is. In PMP Weekly, we always talk about the latest on Microsoft 365, all up, um, and Power Platform. We covered the news from Microsoft and also community written blog posts and videos. So we're going to call out a few things. Uh, please use hashtag PMP Weekly uh, in Twitter so we know awesome stuff what you are writing. We're always obviously trying to use multiple different ways of getting all of the awesome stuff what people are writing, but if you would add that hashtag PMP Weekly in your tweet, that helps on us finding who you are. My name is Sasha Yuvonen. I'm a principal product manager in Microsoft 365 platform areas, and with me as a co-host. Hey, everybody. My name is Valdek Mastik. <laughs> yes, exactly that. I am exactly that. Thank you. <laughs> wah, Sorry. Wah, wah, almost that. Almost on time. Yes. <laughs> on that bombshell. Cool. Let's actually. Uh, so today we, we have a visitor who's uh, who's who's who who's who. Who do we have? Eric Overfield. Eric Overfield. Uh, Eric is a well um, long-term, well-known MVP uh, and RD. So uh, what is an RD? Can you explain what, what is regional an RD? director? What does it mean? Is he employed by Microsoft? That no, sounds so these impressive. Are folks who aren't um, who aren't employed by us, and they typically help the customers make the best use of their investments in in Microsoft tech. So they help them with their cloud investments, software investments, hardware investments, whatever investments they have with Microsoft tech, RDs are there to advise customers. And in a similar way, um, MVPs engage with uh, community at breadth, RDs engage with customers and guide them through how to make use of the tech that they have. Absolutely. That's a good way of defining what our RD is. Uh, so um, uh, Eric is both MVP and an RD, uh, and he's been around for a long time. Um, and we're going to talk about a certain project, what he's been working on, and a few other things for sure. But let's actually jump on right on the interview and see where it goes from there. Excellent. Let's get started on the BMP Weekly episode 201. You're the first in these hundreds, Eric. Oh, so you. welcome. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's start with the basics. Who is Eric Overfield and what do you do for a living? <laughs> let's start hey, from there. All. Yeah, um, my name is Eric Overfield. I'm a CPO at Pixel and CreoSpark. We can talk about that in a little bit as well. I'm a Microsoft MVP in the M365 apps and services space. I'm a Microsoft Regional Director. Uh, been working in the SharePoint world since, gosh, like 2008 or 2007, I think is what my bio says, but it goes back even further. Um, just been having fun evolving with Microsoft and playing in the community and, and working with, with you all and with clients and customers and just having a great time um, doing all kinds of things within the, within the space. There was already a lot of stuff what you mentioned there. Let's start yeah. first with a, you mentioned the SharePoint. You're probably doing a lot more than SharePoint nowadays, of course, because Microsoft 365 yeah. is certainly not just about SharePoint. So where, where do you actually spend your time? What, what does it mean to be a CPO? It was CPO? Or three yeah, CPO, FPO, three CPO, product officers. So uh, most of my daytime now has been spent to building product within Teams. Uh, cool. That really doesn't have much to do with SharePoint, except that we're using all of the SharePoint framework technologies. We're using React, we're using TypeScript, we're using Azure Services backends because I gotta say it's it's nice and clean. I think that SharePoint framework got a lot of those pieces right, and um, I think it's just it's been fun to see that all evolve. So my, my original expertise, yeah, was in SharePoint, but now I, I'm spending a lot more time with Viva. Um, I'm really into Viva goals. Uh, as a CPO, cool. I used to be owner president of Pixel Mill. Now I merged it with CreoSpark. So I'm a business owner. And what I really saw and I became a huge convert of is the OKRs, objectives and key results. And I think that goals is interesting. So not only do we use it, I am a huge fan of it and we, we use it within the orgs that I work with. But I, I want to promote it out in the industry. So we're going to see, I'm going to see, you're going to see a lot more of me speaking on the topics uh, around different um, uh, conferences in 2023 and beyond. I, I just think it's super cool. So not dev, and I'm a dev by trade, but I'm kind of having to put a little of my dev hat away, which is why yeah. my community works so important to me, because I get to put my dev hat back on as I'm starting <laughs> to lead more teams. <laughs> Um, to be able to dev things. And I, in a sense, I'm outsourcing it to my team and I just work along the architectural side. Yeah, yeah. But then you use the open source and community to 
get your hands dirty, right? So giving yeah, fresh yeah. young things. So like so many of my mentors, the people that I look up to, uh, that you've had on this on the on these uh, these weekly um, calls here. Uh, you know, they've had to, as you as you start to develop more, as you got more experience, a lot of you, a lot of us, we move on into the management side or the leadership side, yep. but we still like what we do. I'm a builder by trade. This last weekend, I'm replumbing my house on my own. That's what I like to do. My wife thinks yep. I'm crazy, but I just, you know, <laughs> sweating copper is a fun thing to you, do. You cannot yeah. do that in Scandinavia. That would be illegal. So, but <laughs> <laughs> really, I'm sorry to yes. hear that. You would have okay. to have the right legal responsibilities. Really? My house. Yes. Okay, Doesn't matter if it's your house. <laughs> well, so we did the same thing. Like you are not, you are not allowed to rewire your, or you 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 can rewire your whole house, but you are not allowed to attach the wires to the uh, <laughs> Swiss switchboard. The grid. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you are not not allowed to do that. But but everything else, like pipes. Be my guest. Like, switch yourself. Wow. Uh, Eric, okay. you, uh, you mentioned in there an interesting thing that I'd like you to elaborate a bit on. Like, you're an ISV. You build products for customers, right? Like, you are not yes. build, you are not working on projects anymore. You build a product, correct? Uh, most of my time is yeah. definitely spent on that. But yes, my other sister company that I'm I'm still CPO of is my partner company. Uh, yeah, we're still a, a service integrator and and we do that. But I don't spend nearly as much time on that anymore. So yeah, I'm I'm yeah. building a product. You mentioned that you're building a product on SPFX, and that there is this no. myth going around. Sorry, is that is not that quite? I'm using okay. the SPFX technology. But I still, I think I see where you're going to go. And I, I, I'm a big Don't, don't make of, assumptions. Don't make assumptions. <laughs> no, so I'm just using the same technology stack because I got to say that I think they did right. And I know some people probably would say, ah, this, that, or the other about whatever. Yeah, but the the framework, the idea of TypeScript, the idea of React to me are rock solid. And, and watching yeah. them evolve has been good. I'm sure we can complain that maybe SPFX can move a little quicker on adopting some of the later stuff. Okay, cool. But I, I got to say, it's it's going pretty fast still. We're up to 1.17, right? It's been, yep. what, four or five years now? I mean, to me, yep. that's pretty good. I'm, I'm waiting for 2.0, guys. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's almost uh, like the Microsoft Craft, right? So. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you could do it. We won't. But we could. But we won't. Exactly. So, no, it's the, um, but the framework, I think, is the, the methodology in the framework and gotcha. the, um, the build stack is what we're basically using. Now, we use Nest.js as our middleware. So, that's not at all related to what SharePoint has done. But uh, most of us come from the SharePoint world within my organization. And so that's where we felt most comfortable. And it, it's just, it's good. Like, why would we want to do something different? Yeah. Cool. And of course, then they're using Azure Functions and all the backend services. Absolutely. That's what I was saying. Yeah. The last one that we did that was really fun was we integrated with cognitive services and using the um, all the language services to, to build our own bot. Now, there's reasons why we wanted to do that, not using ChatGDP or GDP 3.5 just yet, but I mean, it's it's so easy once you have yeah. the, your own uh, framework set up to be able to communicate with these new services, and they just they scale really well. Here I'm like selling something that I can't even. I'm not a Microsoft salesperson, but <laughs> no, I like the technology stack, and it's worked really well for us. So yeah, yeah, and and, and it's fair for those who are not familiar. It is completely seamless, single sign-on to from Azure AD, secured calling Azure Functions and all of that. And it's you don't yeah. need to do anything; it just works, which is the really cool no, thing. It really does. So. Mm -hmm. But uh, you, you also actually mentioned something which was interesting on your intro. You are Office Apps and Services MVP, not Microsoft 365 Developer MVP. How did that happen? Well, Is that a five apps and services? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Apps and services. <laughs> well, because most of my time in the community uh, moved away from being a lot of the dev sessions more into the general community and community leadership. Which, I mean, this is interesting. So I'm also a Microsoft Regional Director, which um, that's an interesting one. That's a, a program grown through a lot of different changes and all. But the reason why I'm in that program, and that's an interesting one. I'm going to dive into it a little, unless you want to go somewhere else with it. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, so the RD program, because I keep getting asked questions like, what's this whole Regional Director thing? Is it MVP? And, no, not really, but it has... Some echoes to it, but it doesn't. The RD program, at least when I when I was added to it, I think it's about 2017. It's around business leadership. That was one of the big things they really wanted were business owners and business leaders, uh, people within large orgs that that 
run groups or something. There's also the community leadership, speaking ability and experience, online influence, online uh, influence and, and the network that you have. And there's also this technical area. And, and what happened was in the technical area, what they really want to see is we have multiple Microsoft technology stacks you work with as well as outside of Microsoft. And I think in doing that, and, and being the business owner, it put my contributions for being an MVP more in the M365 apps and services space yeah. rather than the developer space. And that also makes sense because as a business owner looking to sell services, giving away marketing, but I think most people know this, most developers don't have the de decision-making ability. And so I ended up speaking more, presenting more, and creating more community content yeah. around the business leaders or the decision-makers. But my passion... <laughs> is still dev, which is where I, that's how I get involved in the starter kit, which I know we're going to talk yep. about, or I hope we talk about, because I really want to promote yep. that. That's a hundred percent community effort. I just think yep. it's a super cool uh, project. Yep. So that's kind of why I'm in that space within in it. Uh, for one year, actually, I was an MVP on both, but I just couldn't keep my contributions up to qualify for two because you got to do double work <laughs> and had a wife and kids and that's a coincidence yep. at that time. So yeah, you you need to prioritize your life. I mean, it is actually, and in, in bigger picture, it makes perfect sense because also to be able to be a good developer, you need to understand the business and or an architect, you need so. to understand the business and then uh, to be able to be a Good developer, you need to know what is the basic out-of-the-box features in Microsoft 365. It's a bit different when we talk about Azure because Microsoft Azure is just that's a set of tools. That's not a functionality as such, like in the Microsoft yeah. 365. Dynamics Azure's are a bit huge. different. I respect not a, lot a set of, of functionalities. Hold on, let me let me understand that. So other one is, is platform as a service. Other one is a service and or a, a SaaS. And so basically, Microsoft 365 is a cloud service, which you can extend. Azure is a platform as a service. You don't yes. actually use it as an end user. You use the capabilities within your application. There's a clear difference between the setup, right? Yeah, unless you build an app <laughs> on top of M365 that, that integrates with files. Of course you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course yeah. you do. Yeah, and it's complicated. So yeah. so no wonder every now and then we hear that new people who are like, yeah, I'm a new developer. I want to understand how Microsoft 365 works. And it's like, oh, I'm scared. I don't understand. <laughs> so it's not You're, super easy. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Now, you mentioned also, and uh, we've been now jumping from one topic to another. You mentioned the starter gets. Can you do a quick yes. intro on the on the what is the starter get? You what you mentioned, and and you, you actually have a great new new functionalities there as well. Yeah, we had some fun with this one. Okay, so the starter kit pretty easy to find. You know, we can Bing it, Google it, uh, ChatGPT it. The SharePoint starter kit is still what it's called. It's the GitHub.com PNP slash SP hyphen starter hyphen kit. Um, a lot of people do know about it. Uh, it's been around for a while. It's something that I inherited. I think it was Paula that originally created or somebody. I actually don't remember I think the original creators. I think it is Paolo, Elio. I think I, have, yeah. I had something to do with that at some point as well. And, and, and I touched others, some of the V1. But uh, then... Yeah. Um, ah, well, that was there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, 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 you definitely did. So, so here's Different what the, the starter kit is. And we've moved on to version three, which the big release in version three was really we upgraded it to uh, SPFX 116.1, I believe. I don't, because 117, yeah, I think we got the dot yep. one in, which, which yep. I'm really happy to see because um, it modernized it. And basically, though, it, it's, and the kind of reading it somewhat of the notes, it's, it's looking to be a comprehensive solution for SharePoint Online, which gives you a whole bunch of functions and features and functionality around provisioning and around uh, a lot of web parts and some extensions, but it's a huge technology demonstrator, all open yep. source. So not only can you just download it, run the three or four PowerShell command list, and it will install uh, a, a communication site that turns it into a hub site. It adds two team sites. Uh, you can rename them a little bit. It installs a whole bunch of web parts that have all, they were all separated out as, as uh, individual SP, PKGs, in version two, and we, we continue that with version three. So yep. you can have it installed in like five, 10 minutes. And it has all these, all the different web parts communicate with graph or they communicate with term sets or uh, there's um, a couple of extensions. Um, there's even a, a command set all put together, but you have the source. So you can get yep. this technology demonstrator and see it. But then anything is fully customizable because you can go and look at how we did it and then go yep. make it and turn it into your own. So that you can, you know, see how you could build your own 
intranet solution for your own organization. And it's all the PMP yep. template is there. You can totally, it's thousands of lines long. It's complex enough where it's, it's showing you a lot of the magic that you've seen elsewhere. And when you get stuck on documentation, you can see a big example of how to use um, uh, the React Graph toolkit, which I think was super cool. That was Baldek and I um, put some effort into there to get that upgraded to 2.4 is that I think the, the most recent 2.9. Um, yeah, so it's it's easy to use. It's super simple install. It's more manual on purpose because yep. it's so that you can do it and you can take control of it. And I, I think the documentation is pretty good. I, I put a lot of effort into that or I helped the community to put a lot of effort into it so that we can help walk you through the process of trying to do something. I have to say that it, I'm, I'm watching the stats on my one of the screens, and I'm because I needed to check that out. It's, it's forked 508 times. It's a 691 stars, which is a decent number as well. Oh, um, cool. Eric Overfield, Paolo Pialorzi, Irvi Van Hoonen, uh, Chandani Priya Prani, uh, Ilio, Ilio uh, Bukameron Valdek, uh, Mika Svensson. This is who's who. Will Holland from Tree Tree Will. Uh, Ward Haman, Sebastian Lebert, Paul Schaffelain. Uh, <laughs> Who is in Paul, there? Paul. You, Vesa. Okay, David, right there? David, I'm there as well. Yeah, yeah, don't curse him. Uh, Yannick Rickmans, yeah. Alex Terentiev, Fabio Franci. <laughs> well, because it's, it's pulling like, it all together, right? It's, yes, that's the point. Exactly. Is it's, so like one of the things that I really want to add, um, Vesa, you and I have talked about, was adding um, a Viva Connection dashboard into it or putting this yeah. in some ACES as well. Because the idea is how would you deploy this within an organization where you want to be able to routinely, you want to basically do, a, I like a lot of the third-party vendors that do provisioning and whatnot, but you could do it yourself. A little yeah. bit of manual aspects to it, but you can do a lot of that already with PNP. Uh, the the code is out there. The examples are out there. This just pulls it together into a bigger story. That's why I, I gravitated towards this. I like the other projects. I would love to be involved with some of the other ones. It's just timing. But as yep. a, I was building intranets where we still are for our customers. That's why I gravitated to this because I thought this was a great answer to a lot of the canned intranet solutions or a lot of the other things that, that other people or Microsoft has provided all within one example. And I just, yep. I like that. So I, I think it's useful. I think it's valuable. I get, I would, if I had to pick one, I'd probably pick like PowerShell over this. Um, I'd probably pick some of the, um, some of the other projects overall, if I only had to pick one, but as a pulling it all together, I just think it's wonderful. Yep, it is. It, it is a really, really cool solution for sure. Now, now is internet still a thing? Now that you said that it's, it's demonstrating an internet. Is, is an internet and corporate communication still a thing in the context of internet? Well, so yes, yes, and, and no, and yes. I, <laughs> yes, I don't think the internet's going anywhere necessarily soon. I think there's a lot of story around Viva Connections, Viva Home, where we're going to be integrating uh, more within the flow of work. Um, I mean, this is my shameless plug for my product. We're looking to fit in that space as well. Not in the internet, not against like Viva Connections, but trying to work within the flow of work. And all of us are in teams now. And, you know, yep. again, the Microsoft world is within Teams. Those other people using that other, like, you know, S and G kind of products, we don't know about them. There's a whole group, I, I don't care about them. With, if people use Teams, we're working within that. And so your internet shouldn't be a standalone thing. Like, yep. to me, Viva, Viva Connections, Viva Home, that makes sense to me and, and some of the other Viva products to help get the messaging out. But I still believe an internet where it pulls it all together in a web page form. Because what are the other web page applications that Microsoft has? Like, there's none. I mean, yes, there's some other things, but really, it's, it's SharePoint. So if you want to create a web page of content, which often you do with hyperlinks, with linking to things, SharePoint's going to be the place to store that data. And I think an internet is still useful to pull it together. Five, 10, 15 years from now, I'm not going to try to claim that far. Um, I believe SharePoint has got a very long life, personally. This is me as an outsider, not trying to shill for you guys or anything. Um, it's it's the it's the backbone of all of it. So I think that's going to be strong. I can see that like as people do digital transformation, maybe going from on-prem to SharePoint Online is going to start to diminish because most people will yep, be there. Of course. Maybe the big yep. internet projects of yesteryear aren't going to be as big, but I still think that the internet or the idea of departmental sites and and hubs and things are still going to be very important because some things are, are a larger message that you're not going to put in Gage or something like that. You're not sure. going to put them in those Viva products because it's not a news announcement. It's here's who we are. Here's what we're working on. And Viva Topics has to pull all that together as well. So long answer. I, I believe, yes, it still is important. It's just that now there are newer things that will take uh, a little more getting used to. 
Yeah. It's also an interesting thing, right? Because like if you look at the desire to publish written content online, as you said, with um, the hyperlinks, rich uh, media, uh, there's like a whole spectrum where you want to go. Like you can go from very short things and very emerald things like on Teams through Engage to a, a, a Word doc and a PowerPoint, right? And it's an interesting to see like how desire, how we shift from one end to the other over time and where we end up being in the end. Do you see, how do you see that evolve over the last few years? Uh, I, 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 some of the ways I can answer that. And in, in, the thought that came to my head though was evolution never stops. Everything's going to keep evolving. So um, I just, you're, it's we're never going to be resting where we're at because we still haven't hit the end game. So you kind of like, where are we going to end up? I like, where are we going? I have no idea. Like it's going to keep evolving. Um, where are we in the, I'm still finding that people want to be able to put up word docs, PowerPoints. They want to be able to use SharePoint to, and OneDrive to be able to hold and share files and folders. And they want to use teams to communicate and whatnot, but there's still the value of the web page. The, the, the bigger stamp on time that's a little more pretty than a Word doc might be, not page-driven or slide-driven is PowerPoint. So, you know, you, you want still a web page where you have control of a, the width, the height, mobile, how tall it's going to be. It's not paging. It's more scrolling. Um, but we are using, like I've seen, and our clients are doing this as well, uh, we're using a lot of co-authoring, we're using a lot of Teams communication to be able to do maybe what a web page used to kind of do, like a team site for us yep. is not as important in general yep. because what we're doing is now chatting within Teams and we're working with the file within within Teams and we're using the tabs within Teams to help manage a lot of this. And so the team site is not important. Now we have clients that are using it for very specific purposes and it works wonderfully for that. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't... Some of the ways I could answer that, but I'll, I'll leave it at that for now. Most <laughs> <laughs> evolution, right? What yeah, and, and there's so many big differences. There, there's a massive differences, of course, on the size of the company as well. So is it yes. a large enterprise? Is it a smaller thing? Is it 50 people, a uh, small startup? It's The dynamics is completely well, different. Even then, yeah. there's this very interesting notion, like how does a piece of content evolve over time? Like you might yep. start True. with an idea, a title, a bullet point list like you start to then expand it into paragraphs yeah. at that point you want to invite other folks to chime in give sure. uh, comments review revise edit at some yeah. point all of that is done and that becomes then the thing you want to everybody else to read but not comment on paragraphs or tags but maybe maybe add a comment at the end or ask stuff yeah. so and i don't see currently us doing really well in that space, like having allowing you to grow from small paragraph of text into a fully fledged dog over time. Loop. Well, no, not really. Not really. Okay. Loop isn't that. Right? <laughs> Loop isn't that. It kind of aims to be that, but not fully. I, I think it's generally because what you're asking for is really hard. Yes. Because as you said, I well. want the history of the communication getting there. I need the single source of truth. I then want a somewhat finalized web page that still is pretty. It has the the navigation structure, the layout and whatnot that a Word doc would never do, a PowerPoint would never do, a, a loop component won't do. But absolutely, and, and we struggle with it internally, where do we have that communication so that it's still available in the flow of work? You put it in OneNote, you put a loop component within Teams chat, do you pin it to the top so that you remember it, but then you forget it? Because Teams is very, uh, to use the word you use, it's ethereal. It is if you miss the comment, it's gone. You won't see it again, yep. right? It's just yeah, it's lost in yeah, the and it, But it's hard. So when I, I try to search in Teams a lot, and it's challenging to find what I'm looking for, but I don't even remember the right words that I used when I was looking for that thing, and I don't remember where I put it. So it's hard for yep. me to even tell Teams where to go find it. And yep. maybe if we ever got GDP, I could just ask, hey, Teams, oh, I had this chat with this coworker. We talked about this. Can you tell me what I said? And I would expect <laughs> AI to do it. Now, I expect it to be free. I expect it yes. to not cost anything more. Yep. But I know that the processing power probably just used like a nuclear sub to process all of those signals to get me yeah. that answer. Uh, I know, I know. Let's just why, why aren't, why is the software even paid? Why do we need to pay for the software? What is this thing? Why can't we share all of the things yeah. for free for everybody in the world? I love it. 
I, I mean, like, so Teams Premium. Um, and I looked at that and I said, you know, I have to pay more for it. But when you actually look at what it's giving you, that's a pretty good deal. And again, yeah. I'm not I'm not a software salesperson. I'm not selling licenses, but I got to be fair here that the amount of, of cost to it. So I get it. It frustrates me. I don't think we signed up for premium yet on our company, but I look at the features and I'm like, wow, this could be really interesting if I can get all this transcription. We're a smaller company. We don't need some of the features they do. And we do our, yeah. own, our own notes, but some of the automated notes and, and the recordings, even the recordings we have been getting have been really good within Teams. Yep. And the AI to drive that, wow. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's it's so I guess it's fine to nowadays say this uh, even on 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 a, a recording. We've been testing the the automatic uh, meeting thing and task and actions for a long time, yeah. right, Valdek? Uh, in oh, internal yeah. meetings, so basically, and it's 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 a magical thing. Like immediately when it close to meeting, it says, "Hey, we extracted these from the discussion," and you're like, "How you're like, is this a task? <laughs> no, 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 and nothing is a task." And you're like, "I don't have anything to do here." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> oh, but that, so meeting recordings, we try to record a lot of meetings and we tell our clients to as well. And, and it's always good. But to now go find the meeting that you said that thing and to go yep. find where it was, oh, yeah. you need yep. hard. And so Finding I'm things video. AI yeah. yep. driving a lot of that. And you throw a GDP, yep. GPT on top of that to be able to ask more of a question rather than you, know, you can ask the question and it gets interpreted. I, I'm, I'm excited to see what the future is. I'm extremely scared. I've got two young boys. I'm scared about how they're going to have all their essays written for them. Like that's kind of scary. Yep. But generally, to be more productive in work, I, I think will be um, fascinating to watch what happens in the next couple of years. I, I really don't know how it's going to get paid for. I have to think that the Azure services needed to process uh, open API, open AI, has got to be insane. But I don't know. Yep. I, as much as I'd love to go into that space, I don't have time. <laughs> and where I'm in, we I also need I to do, focus on so. yeah exactly we need to focus on the day-to-day -day work and, and it's interesting now on 16th of uh, march uh, so that is thursday as we're recording this on monday and uh, we do have the ai event with satya and jared mm. spataro um, and that should be interesting so again if you can't make it so anybody who's watching this or listening this or if you missed it have a look on the recording because again it's not like you need to see the things on the exact second to be benefiting out of them. So there's going to be probably the Verge or whatever is going to do great summaries on that. So it should be good. There will be an AI new, uh, summary uh, of the AI event. Yes, exactly. <laughs> have, you, have you guys been looking at the, the Bing mobile app? Yep. Yep. Yes. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So just at the, to going back to, to the, this, the, the AI discussion coming up, like AI within Office, and, and to see that kind of feature of, of being mobile come into the workplace, I think is going to be fascinating. Yep. And so then I don't even know what the APIs are going to look like to be able to communicate in with that, to make our apps smarter by being able to yeah. tie into that is going to be very interesting. Very interesting. I think the, one of the interesting kind of side points on that one, which we chatted a few times with Wildek as well, is to think about all of the, the, the information ChatGPT3 is basically scan all of the public information. It's public. There's no echoes, there's no permissions, there's no confidentiality, there's no NDA, there's no nothing. As we go to the enterprise world, it gets 100 times more difficult to understand yeah. who has access on where and what on and which permissions and all of that because there's so many variables on that. Especially when you get to the point that you provide or AI gives you an answer along with how it arrived to it and you're like, yeah. Aha, uh -huh, I didn't know we were doing this, or there's a tenth <laughs> thing, and then suddenly everything is in the open. So yeah, there'll be a very interesting thing. I yeah. want to point that to uh, SVB's financial data, you know, last week. <laughs> and so the, the employee says, So how's our bank doing? We're doing great. <laughs> but the CEO would type it in. Hey GPD, how's our company doing? Uh you're about to go bankrupt in two days. Yeah. Well uh, apparently yeah, the CEO CEO did know, so apparently so. <laughs> So, because otherwise, why would they be selling their stocks two weeks before? But you know, <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm, yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> uh, but no, that's I hadn't actually thought that through. You're right because what I, I I'm a trust but verify person. So when I want to ask GPT about what's the best way to sweat copper pipe, I I, would, yep. I, want, I want the answer, but I would like to know where did you source that from? Because yes, I don't need exactly. you to source it directly the way uh, Google would or Bing yep. used to do. I want to know here's the right way. And if you want to go see the source where I came up with that answer, here's how to do it. Yep. I, I, that, yep. 
I think yeah. being a, being a student and also chap on 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 that to new chat thing because it it does yep. those references mm-hmm. and everything else and it's it's and and still can you trust it? Well, it's it's same as Google can it or being the classic thing. Can you, you trust yeah, the you results to, what you're getting? It's yeah. you you need to yeah. be even That's in Scandinavia different. at least in Finland they teach for the kids starting from like third grade they start teaching the right ways of reading internet, which is basically don't just blindly believe in everything that's out there. It's not necessarily hey, Wikipedia true. Wikipedia says it, it's the truth, okay? <laughs> mm, right. <laughs> it's got to be, that's right? True. Yeah, it's interesting, for sure. So, uh, and it's going to be fascinating to see where we will be within a few years uh, with that. Um, there's a lot of, lot of inter- interesting opportunities. And, and like I said, Derek, everybody is super busy with their day job anyway. So it has to go to the certain level when it starts being super valuable, when it's really well take off. So we'll see what it is. What, what is the killer app of AI in enterprise days? We'll see. Saving you, you, you time. So one, we well, made a joke. Thing have AI attend a meeting for you, summarize it for you back. Like that would be yeah. sad. That would be like, I bet just number one selling millions okay, in so the, the first week. So the three of us are not going to have this call again. We're going to have three AI bots say, yes. go ahead and go have a three. <laughs> there, was, there was this, the this meme. That's a Waldeck and Eric. There was this um, meme the other day, like how GPD is going to uh, influence the way we communicate. And it was like a person says a word. AI expands it into a paragraph, which is being sent to another AI, which boils it down to a word. A person reads the word, throws throw at it another word, which is then expanded by AI to send back a reply, which is a paragraph, which another AI boils down to a single word. <laughs> I love it. That is hilarious. Yeah. It'll be fun to watch. I mean, I think it'll be interesting. And, um, you know, just got to be careful some of the stuff you read out there. On yeah, exactly. Direction. Exactly. Yeah, try to and, and, and that's we need to raise the next generation to still be critical thinkers. That that's a big one for me. And true, um true. I like some of the accelerators around the coding and stuff, but still, I mean, we all came up through the Pascal C programming days and and I still think that that's important to understand the coding of where it works and why it yep. works and not just cheat and let some other system do it. Yep. The basics. Uh, now that, and, and of course, on the basics, I, it's not like we're teaching assembler anymore in schools. But I, I've True. done my studies of assembler at some point, and it was horrible. Yeah. So, <laughs> but it was worthwhile to know. And I built my own, uh, like, simple computers digitally. But I built my own, you know, taking from the gates, the logic gates, and you slowly build modules up. And I think it was yeah. like a two or three bit computer, but you could yeah. still get it to do basic things and to know what's yeah. underneath the scenes. Really, I think is important. But I knew I was. Yeah. Going to go on to that world, so but I at least did it. Yeah, so yeah you have the baseline information stuff. and understanding, and, and same by the way applies to AI stuff. Uh, it's it's a worthwhile to read some of the studies on how does it actually work because there is great documentation out there related on that. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I had recently had a, last week had a chat with Victor Villain on this topic, and he had spent his hack and hack learn hack, fix, learn for a week on, on studying how does the AI and machine learning actually works behind the scenes, which is apparently super fascinating. I, I haven't done that research yet, um, but it sounds like, oh, I really need to have a look on this. Kind of understanding the basics uh, rather than just, hey, it's AI, but how does it actually work? So Yeah, again, I got to pick my battles. I only so well, that's true. Well. Yeah, yeah. I, I yeah. think that uh, I look forward to everybody doing that kind of stuff that, that they see fit and um, investigate what they want to. Yeah, because sure. there's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's fun hardware stuff to do with the uh, uh, IoT and, and just so many true. networks that you can get involved in and so many different groups that are doing all this fun tinkering of things and, and it's all this data out there that you can manipulate this is fun to do keep yep. keep your mind busy <laughs> there was the other day there was uh some somebody who's, who made a great call right there's so much stuff out there that if you don't pay attention you can spend all the time you have learning and not doing anything and you will True. only oh, learn and read more yes. and learn more and you will know it all and you will not put it to any use. <laughs> well, very true. <laughs> so. But it's fun. It, it's it's interesting. You know, we only go around the the sun so many times. You, you keep sure. yourself interested, and if it looks interesting, I 
I highly recommend it. So people ask, you know, what do you takes to be an MVP? And it's it's joining the community. And even if you're not going to be find communities you want to be involved in, whatever they are. Um, the underwater basket weaving is the joke from the college I went to. There's all these communities, just be involved in them. And I'm still an introvert. Like you can still be an introvert in these communities. And there's other people that have the same interests. Just I would get involved with them. If you want to be an MVP, you'd want to start taking some more of the leadership in it, or you want to be contributing is the big one. You actually want yep. to then create the materials or speak. And a lot of us don't want to speak, write blog posts, which I still think is valuable. Um, uh, do YouTube and I guess it'd be the, or what are the Instagram stuff, like the short videos and stuff. I just still yep. use TikTok. For that. TikTok. TikTok, sure. You know, however you create that and create that material and um, uh, and, and work to get a following and get noticed. And that's how you, you become an MVP. Uh, but I just think get involved in the communities you enjoy um, being yep. in. And, and some people, yep. they don't have time. Like my wife right now, she's very active, but she's 100% focused on the kids. I think that's wonderful. Just have something yep. to do that keeps you happy and entertained because that always evolves as well, right? True. Yeah, true. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Definitely. Absolutely. Now, from a timing perspective, uh, we are uh, yeah. running a bit low on the time. Uh, Eric, anything interesting what you're doing this week? Let's do a quick round of a what's happening this week uh, discussion. You don't have to disclose any NDA. You can, of course. There's nobody yeah, else well, listening except no, us. No, this week is busy. <laughs> it's only friends. Uh, on yes. the work side, we are. Uh, we just got. Uh, we're, we're we're working hard to get an, an what we're calling our Q1 refresh out. So it's just a lot of fun development and stuff. Um, and. Uh, I, it's an exciting week to just be doing that. I, I think what's what's interesting though is as we hit into 2023, a lot more conferences are taking place. I'm going to kind of tweak your question to more some things that are coming up, and and these are conferences I'm going to. I'm not involved in, so I'm not making money off of them by you attending them or anything. But there's the uh, 365 EduCons that are happening in DC yep. and Seattle, July, and somewhere else. Yep. Uh, in the yep. States, um, the M365 conference is happening in, in May. I'll be there as well in, in Las Vegas. These are all, of course, U.S.-based. There's more community events that are happening. There's going to be a community event in the Los Angeles region in May yep. 20th. I think it's the date that that's it's out there. It's public. I just don't exactly remember the specific dates. But if you're in the Southern California region, um, you can always hit me up or just uh, go to your favorite search engine ask uh uh, GDT for it, I'm sure it will tell you. It's around May 20th. And so there's a lot of community events that are happening, some free, some paid. There's a lot of good training out there. Things are evolving so fast. Um, yep. I think it's one of the best ways to, to listening to the different videos, I think helps, but having an opportunity to go and meet the experts, meet the people sure. that maybe you've been listening to and go chat with them. I've yet to find speakers that are not willing to just talk to you go grab them yep. you see them at lunch go sit down say hey i got a question regardless they are introverts or not exactly so they, they're they're there to talk to you they are that's yep. why we go to these conferences and so use that opportunity you know get that five minutes of free consulting we we kind of joke don't ask for an hour because that's a little like well it's a lot of how we make our money but we're happy to share what we do point you in the right direction go get you sure. the videos the blog posts you need to go talk to this person because that person really knows it i mean when i get a yep. spfx question i can't answer go talk to andrew connell I mean, fair enough. He, he knows what he's talking about. And he goes to a lot of these and a lot of other really good known um, uh, experts are also at these conferences. So so get out there, go back to the community. If you want to wear a mask, of course, almost all of those absolutely are supportive of you. So you can yep. take the precautions that are necessary for yourself. Um, and I know there's uh, some also happening in the year uh, Europe. I'm going to be in Dublin for the Power Platform Conference in, in June. Yep. Um, and European yeah, Collaboration Summit happening in, in May. So end yep. of May. And there's another one in at the beginning of December. Uh um, yep. in Amsterdam as well. So that when you ask like what am I doing this week, what I'm I'm gonna reword it. There's a lot going on this year as well. I hope to see a lot of you at these conferences. Um I hope you get out there again if you feel safe and comfortable. And uh, you know, a lot of them are free. So there's good reasons yep. to, to you, you can take away some of the cost problems. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Cool. Uh, well, anything interesting on your side for this week? Uh, just a, always, a, a just to call. Always. I know you have so much to do, but you're doing it the Microsoft Craft Hackathon. That's closing Correct. up on, uh, Correct. the Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday 15. On Wednesday, yes, yes exactly. Wednesday. So, yeah, on Wednesday we are finishing up the hackathon, and it's a finish for us. It's not not a finish for anyone else, right? Because on actually Is on it Wednesday finish we'll, or finish finish. <laughs> yes, that's no. Uh, we're not going there. Uh, so, um, 
Yes. Nice. <laughs> he was sitting on this the whole hour just to be able to press that button. There you go. Right. So we will have a stream deck come in handy. Session about um, how you can actually go on with exploring .NET and Microsoft Graph and everything else that we have we we have to offer with community and MVPs. Right. So we will talk more about that, and then afterwards we get to look at everybody's hacks and try to basically make really the hardest cho choice in life pick the winners. Because yeah. like all of these apps are so cool and, and we've seen folks doing really awesome work and now we will have to compare the apples and pears and really pick out the the, the best three. So there will be an interesting uh, two weeks between Wednesday this week and Wednesday, the last Wednesday of the month when, when we will aim to announce the winners. Um, so there will be that. And other than that... Um, there is the regular work on CLI for Microsoft 365, the Microsoft Graph Developer Proxy, community work. Um, I guess that is about it. Then basically, then my time in a week is is gone. Yeah, that's true. That that happens so fast as well. So, uh, um, and for me, just just recapping on things. A lot of community stuff, community stuff, and promotional things uh, this week. And I guess we're moving forward with 1.17 SPFX this week as well. So we'll see a new beta coming out as well, but uh, not yet the GA version that's coming in early April. Um, so oh, new version cool. for um, Eric as well. So yeah, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Anyway, uh, thanks everybody for watching uh, or listening, depending on the chosen format. Thank you, Eric, uh, for yeah. joining us on a great discussion. Um, SB dash started dash kit. Is that the thing? Exactly. exactly. That's that's one of the things. And, and of course, uh, we do hope to see everybody in the in-person conferences. Even Waldek is apparently coming to Dusseldorf. Uh, so that is a... So I'm going to miss that. that. Yeah, exactly. there was time where we would see each other like twice a year at least. Yep. Yeah, but and then there so were years November, where we have never it. seen each other again. So ESPC is uh, is in your hometown. So I do expect to see you in November, even if you are not um even if you're not if you're just attending. I got us at uh, Tobias. Um he came down to Copenhagen for Malmo yeah. um last November. And he was just yep, attending. For him so is just like kind of things half an hour drive. <laughs> exactly. <I know>. Yeah. <laughs> but cool. That's it for this All one. I right. uh, will jump then to the weekly articles covering the Microsoft community articles uh, right after this interview. But thank you Eric. Awesome stuff. Thank, thank you for joining. You. Thank you. Cheers. Bye all. Excellent. Thank you, Eric, for the, for the great uh, discussion. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us on the on the call um, or on the interview. It's always good to catch up. And thank you for the great work on what you're doing on the community side as well. So our MVPs are for sure the, how would I put it? We're highly, highly, highly appreciated for our MVPs helping us to succeed. Um, because without our MVPs, we would not actually even know what is the right thing to do in many cases. MVPs represent our customers and partners and explain Microsoft um, what is actually needed. So maybe for sure, I can say, well, that you and me are a bit of an exception. We work quite closely with partners and customers, but still MVPs work on a day-to-day -day basis with the customer projects. So therefore MVPs are highly appreciated because they, they actually have a hands-on things. I haven't written anything useful for a long, long, long time, you know. <laughs> What do you mean? You write, you write docs, you write emails. That's true. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. That's fair. No, but it's the, it's the small developer in me who's always like, ah, but I want to write something kind of nice. But that's why we have open source projects, right? So we can do a lot of other stuff as well. Anyway, uh, me rambling. Let's jump on the, on the weekly articles uh, to go through what's happening over there. Not that much actually this week, um, but it seems to be an interesting upcoming week. So let me share my screen. Before the storm. Exactly, it. exactly. So let's start with a hack together. Um, this is written by you. So, Walter, can you actually explain right. what this is all about? Yeah, and how so was this is an article that's uh, the summary from the first week that we had on a hack. So, March 1 to March 15, meaning this is the last week of the hackathon, we organized a virtual hackathon. Or all around Microsoft Graph and .NET. 
the idea is basically to get folks exposed to what can you do with Microsoft Graph and why would you use .NET and Microsoft Graph to build cool apps for work and school. Um, this is about week one. In week two, which is the last week as we're, we're recording that, we had an um, X, the experts call where we had a bunch of, of experts, Brian, Jack, and Maisa Risi, Andrew Omondi, from the graph team and Justin Yu from uh, .NET Advocates, basically asking them stuff about anything thing and everything, like what kind of APIs are there? What can you do with graph? How can you use things? Can you use this account or that, that type of account? So really great way for us to, you know, to help people understand what they can do with graph and also expose them to who are these folks behind, you know, the big name Microsoft Graph and .NET and who are they and what do they do, right? So it was a great way for yep. us to engage it. As I said, this week, we are on the last week. And the cool thing is, it's still not too late to join us. If you have anything done on Microsoft Graph and .NET, submit your hack by end of day, Wednesday, March 15, to make chance to win one of the cool prizes that we have, amongst which Xbox and some other cool things like uh, cash prizes, Azure credits, and digital badges. Now I have to ask a, a question from my just out of my curiosity because uh, we're kind of now here, here. This is a great event. We're mixing the .NET developer ecosystem with the Microsoft Trade Test Five developer ecosystem, which is awesome because of course it should overlap because you will write .NET stuff in the Microsoft Trade Test Five. So, but how how do you see the different ecosystems and communities kind of an overlapping? Because I'm just making an assumption because of course in Microsoft Trade Test Five we have been building enterprise solutions for a long time and it's this mm -hmm. enterprise solutions. There's a lot of money and the enterprise to enterprise is B2B, but that's not necessarily always visible for the customer or the, the let's say, the end user driven ecosystem, which potentially .NET might be even more. How do you, do you is it aligning? Was it like, um, was there interesting questions related on the different ecosystem kind of a overlapping and finding Absolutely. that, so, oh, a lot of new opportunities. So. so the interesting thing is, right, like in this event, we wanted to reach to the to .NET developers or folks who yep. are working with .NET or are about to learn .NET and preferably have never heard about the Microsoft Graph. So they have yep. no idea what it is, right? So really net new audience from the Microsoft Graph and Microsoft 365 point of view. And what's really cool to see like how engaged that audience is. These are yep. all passionate devs, whether coming from school, changing jobs, or even pro devs who have been around for a long time and they just didn't have a chance to get exposed to Microsoft 365, right? So it's really great to see how receptive they are to like Microsoft Graph, the things they it offers, the things that they can do with that. And it's so cool to see like the hacks that people build within the last two weeks. Like we have, uh, as we're recording this, I think 30 of them already. And it's cool to see like they vary from simple things to like there was even a person who improved our own SDKs. And that hack became a PR to an SDK and is already shipped yep. in the SDK. Yep. And that's just within yep. a few weeks. So it's really exactly. cool to see how many other folks are there outside of our direct community who are very much interested in the things that we do, but they yep. just don't know about us. So like yep. going where they are is, you know, the very, the, old adage that we say like we should do this we should do that but this is really events like that give us that ability to work with other teams at microsoft who reach these devs and then work together with them to tell them more about the interesting things that we do and that are very yep. interesting to them too yeah absolutely absolutely cool Anyway, sorry for interrupting on the on the question. Uh, uh, now, my uh, recently had a new blog post as well related on Microsoft Graph, and this is not a coincidence, to be honest. Uh, Microsoft Graph.NET SDK v5 is not generally available as well. So a lot of cool improvements in that size, making .NET development again easier uh, with the Microsoft Graph. So awesome, awesome. Thank you, Mois, on that one. We will cover some of this stuff in the future community calls as well. And then there was a blog post related on Microsoft Graph Toolkit v3 as a preview first. Exactly, right? So MGT, as it's called for short, is the easiest way to connect your client-side app to Microsoft Graph. 
And now it's been improved, right? So this is a first preview version of MGT version three with some cool improvements a lot around UI. There is new picker that allows you to, or allows users to select an item that is exposed through the Microsoft Graph. There are tons of other improvements and fixes. So definitely if you use MGT or you're looking to find this, easiest way to connect your app to Microsoft Graph and tap into the data and insights that are stored on Microsoft 365, give it a try. Absolutely. Really, really cool stuff. And then there was a new blog post from the Power Automate side around maximizing your productivity with Power Automate, automating your calendar, and, and a great storyline related on what we can do within the calendar with Power Automate, which is a lot of, lot of stuff as you create the calendar, invite, you create things, reminders and emails arriving, you, you initiate flow, which will remind you within a few weeks and, and all of that, or booking time for the processing on things. So there's a lot of, lot of interesting opportunities related on uh, using the Power Automate to manage your day-to-day work. So really, really cool stuff. Uh, there's there. one thing that, that I could wish, and I hope that it will come at one day. I wanted to attend meetings for me and then summarize them. No, that's what we figured. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Can you send a hologram on behalf of me and give me a summary on what actually happened? Not hologram, yes. a video feed, like like we're doing this now. Video, yeah, yeah, audio exactly. feed. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. But it's not me. So as long as it's not me who has to be in the meeting, it's probably Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, then there was a 11 new independent publisher connectors in February 2023. Uh, so this is a summary related on those. Uh, so basically, what are the 11 new things? Uh, thank you, by the way, Troyes Taylor, once again, on <laughs> providing multiple. I think it's five from Troy and then a few others. Uh, Lucas is doing also two as well. But Troy has been really, really, really uh, defining a lot of this independent connector uh, storyline. So they'll connect, uh, creating those connectors. Thank you for Troy on that. Now, this one is interesting. Uh, something which we don't even share too much information internally. And I've, of course, heard things and probably well that you heard things um, but there will be a really interesting event happening later this week so we're recording this on 13th uh, and this one will go out 14th uh, of march 2023 and 16th which is then thursday uh, at 8 a.m pacific time uh, there's going to be an event on future of work with our ai and this is then touching you can imagine that it will touch numerous pieces of Microsoft 365, then choose the capabilities, functionalities, all of that stuff. Um, Microsoft we, Cloud and Azure, because and AI is exactly. across it's all of the of Microsoft course Cloud. Of course it is, yes. And, and of course, all of the Microsoft 365 features and capabilities who will have AI features are actually using the Azure AI, because that's how it's all tied into uh-huh. each other. So, exactly. <laughs> and maybe we will, there was a rumors that will announce the ChatGPT4. We'll see. Uh, so, they'll say there's a lot of people speculating what will be the event all about. But tune in 8 a.m. Pacific time on March 16th. Now, one thing to be aware to this I week know. and the next week is the daylight savings already started in US, but not in Europe. So, um, if you're a Euro- European based or if you're based in Asia, APAC, and you are not using the time zones, like India doesn't do time zones, which is by the way smart. Uh, you there will will be there is a switch within the hours, so it's yeah. good to double check um, the calendar invites. And um, it's it's in my calendar. It's interesting if the meeting has been created by me versus it's created by you. As now it basically shifts, so everything goes. And you're like, ah, I don't know what it is anymore. Now, I, I was thinking this yesterday, by the way, the time zones. I'm, I'm just crossing fingers. So Europe is heading to remove all time zones. So is US, which is great. Really? I'm just crossing fingers that please, please, please do it in the way that we will get a one hour or more aligned with US. And so, you know, hoping mm. that will, because there's a massive yeah, debate yeah. on are you going to do the summertime, are you going to daylight saving time, or are you going to do the standard time? So which one do you actually going to take? So crossing fingers that yeah. it's will like overlap in a way. Closer apart as opposed to exactly. even exactly. more apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So let's see. Let's see. Crossing fingers. So future will bring that. Now there's another event which is happening 29th of March. Can you talk about this one, Waldek? Um, exactly. Right. Not so, too much details. We can disclose yeah. too much again, but it's it's going to be an interesting event still. Exactly. Right. So we already announced right that now you have this ability to uh, expose Teams apps across um, Outlook and Office or the new Microsoft 365 app, right? And this event will be all about that. So telling you more about. Why is this great? What does it mean for you? What can you do with that? And why it is an interesting thing for you to think about as you think about 
building apps and bringing apps to teams and also in other uh, locations across Microsoft 365 where people work. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it is, as we're calling it out in the description as well, so the Microsoft Teams application are expanding across the Microsoft 365 suite. And, and again, it's it's the uh, single-page application, SaaS application, SharePoint framework application using uh, built for Microsoft Teams. All of those are then exposed to Microsoft 365 suite. And that's actually a lot of great opportunities for ISVs yeah. and partners, for sure. New audiences, new features, new capabilities. Now, uh, Dan Oft had a nice blog post related on Camel Query. What is it and why it's still relevant in 2023? Or is it? So why isn't an old... It is. <laughs> it is. Next. <laughs> Next. So uh, just to clarify, uh, Camel uh, is, is a basically... Oh, collaborative application market language, but this is historically behind of the SharePoint and Microsoft lists, and, and those queries and functionalities still do make sense. Um, the reason why it's actually most created is the technical uh, dependencies behind of the scenes. Uh, some of us has been around for a while, then we know how the 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 table structure in SharePoint, including Microsoft lists, isn't really a structural table. It's highly abstract table. So there's you cannot do SQL queries to query the information. You will need to do something else. And that's where the camel came to be. So but that Dan is basically explaining what it is and how does it work and what do we what do we uh, how can we query things uh, inside of uh, the API surface. Now Marcus Miller had a first of his, I think this one was the one which he worked for the hackathon, wasn't it? Correct, correct, it is. So this is a hack that Marcus builds, which is a file conversion. It's not a hack, it's a solution. It's a hack. No. If it's submitted it for bad. the hackathon, it's a hack. It's a, it's a bad word. No, just kidding, no, just not. kidding. They're, pretty, they're actually pretty cool <laughs> hacks people build. No, 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 there's nothing wrong yeah, about hacks, true. right? So this is a cool app that he's so built. Does that, allows that make you to him a hacker? What's wrong with that? <laughs> never mind. Never mind. Please continue. I'll put an interrupt you a few more times. <laughs> <laughs> Famous less words, right? Uh, so this is an app that, that he's built that, that allows you to convert files in team tabs, right? So imagine that you have file in one format and you want to convert it to another. You can do it directly from a tab in Teams. And that's also a cool thing because it's a Teams app you can expose the same app now in Outlook and Office too. So basically, yep. wherever you are, if you need to convert a file like a doc into HTML or PDF, you can do it directly where you are. As and there's like a gajillion formats that he supports. supports like well, GG2. Yeah. Well, I don't even know like, what the what system supports. He is exposing them. Yes, indeed. So. Exactly, exactly. But it's really cool to have that ability already in the place where you work, as opposed sure. to now you need to go to a service on the internet and upload your file from work into someone else's API. Like that's all. Whereas here, like this app lives in your tenant, right? Workspace. So Absolutely. Data doesn't leave your uh, workplace. Yeah, the, really the, cool. the online conversion tooling, they're, of course, sniffing all of the data while you're submitting to them. That's just, you know, yeah. you're, you're agreeing to the terms. Now, uh, Marcus Muller also had another uh, blog post related on remove user consent from the Azure AD Enterprise Application Service Principle with Microsoft Cloud. A super descriptive or con might be confusing title, but basically, how do we avoid the end users to not to have the consent? So, how do we avoid? How do we make the end user consent not to be visible? So you're basically granting uh, the application to work in an organizational level using the administrative yeah. rights. Uh, so that's basically exactly. what it means. Administrator approves, um, and it's actually well explained here. For Administrator whole, yeah. approves uh, for the whole org, and then that means that the end users no longer need to be like, hey, what are, what are these permissions? This is freaking me out. I can't yeah. make a decision. They cannot do that, and they cannot do yes. that, right? Because like oftentimes, um, yes, that's really like, like at Microsoft, like I am not allowed to grant anything to anything. True, true. So true. this is basically a way like how admin can expose or basically allow app to be used by employees. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Doug Paczynski had a new blog post as well, how to grow your community with Power Platform. With the video. Oftentimes, you know, like we think about using Power Platform for things like work, like automating your work processes and all of that. But it's also cool that it can be used for other things. Like in this article, like Todd talks about how he uses it for his lacrosse team. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yep. right? So how they use it to track data and do things in their team. So it's really cool to yep. see like 
how versatile it is and how many ways you can apply that. Absolutely, absolutely. Really cool. Thank you, Todd, on that one. Uh, Peter Enstrom had a blog post related on query Excel tables using Power Automate. Um, are they really tables? They are tables, but yes, they uh, are. the first learning, what he's saying, yeah. is Excel a database? Well, no, it isn't. Yes. So just to be clear on that. Is. Of course it is. <laughs> well, it's kind of a database, but what it, you, you are storing a data in, in Excel, so and they're there tables, it is so database. it's kind of a database, absolutely. It's not relational database, it's not correct. a SQL database, but it is a database. Correct. correct. So you should be, however, a bit careful on how much files and information and all of that you store in the Excel. Uh, so all if the you're doing business critical, yes, if you're doing business critical stuff, Excel or Access is not necessarily the best option, uh, as we've seen with few examples. Again, depending on scenarios and all of that. So that's really cool. And thank you, Peter, on that one. And then how do we carry that in the Power Automate? So get the information out of Excel files. Then there was a, a new message in the post. Uh, no. <laughs> there was a new message center show. Episode show. Yeah. Episode. Thank you. Episode 275. Uh, Teams explicit consent for meeting and a few other things. So where these are the shows where Daryl and uh, Daniel go through all of the different message and their show, uh, posts which are coming for administrators and then go through what does it actually mean in real world, uh, which is good. Uh, so somebody translating the Microsoft jargon. Did I say it out loud? To <laughs> well, I mean, elaborate a bit more beyond the paragraph or exactly, exactly um, sentence exactly. that we put on exactly. There. That's true. Now, uh, then there was a, a um, M365MA uh, session with Christian Buckley. What's the latest disruptive, least disruptive way to enforce MFA? What is MFA? What is MFA? MFA is a multi-factor auth, right? Meaning that you, like, when you authenticate to a site, you enter your username, password, and also something else that you have. And it can be a one-time password, like a a number you get on your app or a ping that you will get on your app on your phone. Like, hey, are you really trying to log into? Basically, to make it safer to use any kind of online app you might have. And that was this yep. interesting announcement by uh, one of the folks at Microsoft. And don't pin me on the number, but it was something like, just by the fact that you use MFA, it's like 40% or even more or less chance that you will be hacked. Yeah, yeah that, it's a significantly, it's yeah, a yeah. really hard thing to hack. Yeah. Now, I have to call out to Christian and the discussion and the blog, the video isn't actually visible here. Storyline is good. Uh, Christian, Norm, Mike and Christy uh, are on the discussion. Now, there was also a rec in the recording 365, there was a power of Microsoft List and Power BI with Daniel Klein uh, and joining with the guy in the group. Um, so um, basically, Adam to talk about the data in Microsoft lists with Power BI and what we can do things. And that the integrations there are getting better and better and better because Microsoft lists are actually super widely used worldwide uh, for storing uh, inf information it's as well. a database. Well, but it's not an Excel. Still a database. <laughs> now, April Dunham had a new video around GPT Power, Power and Virtual Agent Conversations. Uh, Power Virtual Agents are basically the chat engine behind of the, well, it's integrated into Microsoft Teams, and you can use GPT uh, to power and enhance those experiences as well, which is really, really cool. And this is an 8 uh, minute 39 seconds uh, long intro about that topic. So thank you, April. That's good to have you back on, on sharing videos. Paolo had a new video as well, episode 249. One. So. 241, yes. About how do you share file via Power Automate and Microsoft Graph. So on Microsoft Graph, there's this, this API that, that allows you to share a file other folks, and how yep. can you tap into that API from Power Automate Flows? That's actually really cool. You can create those links automatically and then just share the link automatically to somebody and they can access the files. That's actually, you know, finally we can easily access the files. It's been 86 it's years. It's all about the APIs. It's again all about the APIs. It, it is, the APIs it are is. there, you can automate things. So Yes, 100%. APIs first. Um, APS first, APS first, APS first. Now, uh, Laura Rogers had a power hour uh, focusing on content types, and content types are basically the many uh, information structures for managing data, and, and they're quite often used to decorate the files and information which is being stored, for example, in SharePoint, um, to then uh, 
for enforce categorization and metadata to be uh, included with the file. So content types, really good thing, really traditional thing and super, super powerful for search and, and findability and all of that. Good uh, video as well. Shane Young had a series of videos, um, quite a few of them actually, uh, within a within the past six days. Uh, so basically going 10 videos, we're not going to list all of these, Shane, we're going to link people to your uh, YouTube channel, uh, but 10 new videos, all of them being like 10 minutes or a bit less, uh, really nice max size videos focusing on things. So thank you, Shane, on helping these things to happen. Really, really cool. And then the final video is from Juliana De Luca on how to turn on pronouns in your Microsoft 365. So he, him, she, her, they, and all of those settings. And those are, that's the new feature which is now available. Um, if But you need to go to the administrative UX to enable that capability to be available in the organizational level. Cool. Exactly. Ba -da -ba -ba -da. And that's it. We're all done. Bye-bye. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs> So right on time, right on. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but uh, thank you one more time, Eric, joining us uh, today on the discussion. Uh, good to catch up as well. Um, any Anything, uh, any last words? Just last words. So long but, you know, for all for the players. Stay tuned. Use tag, hashtag PNP weekly to let, weekly. let us know about anything and everything you do. Uh, word, yes. Um, <laughs> Other than that, join us for the last week of the Hack Together okay. Microsoft Graph yep. and .NET. See you online. Sounds good. Awesome. See you in a week. Cheers. Bye-bye.